Welcome, everyone, to another Change Your Game with GTD podcast. My name is Robert Peek, and I'm here with Todd Brown. Hello, everyone. Hey, Todd. So in this podcast series, our goal is to help you to get more of the right things done in your life, yes, but also to create a greater sense of uh, well-being and purpose and direction through something we call the Getting Things Done or GTD methodology, basically a, a comprehensive methodology for dealing with all the stuff you've got to do uh, that also has huge benefit in terms of um, your sense of, well, of of self-worth, of purpose, of meaning, um, and also for many, many people, reduces stress while actually increasing their effectiveness, both in life and in work. Sounds like magic, maybe. Stick around. We're going to talk about some of how that actually works. And as we were kind of kicking around topics and ideas, um, cognizant that um, that uh, you know October has been Mental Health Awareness Month, and that this methodology really does uh, help a lot of people, I'll just speak for myself, tremendously with, with well-being and with a sense of balance. Um, we were thinking about some of the ways in which um, in which you can feel a bit uh, picked on by, by, by the sheer volume of stuff that, that comes to us in the, in the 21st century and a bit sort of beholden to, if you like, some of these, uh, some of these sources of, of input. And in particular, one of the places where that shows up is is the good old inbox, whether it's an email inbox or something more analogous like your like your team's activity stream or whatever it is where stuff kind of kind of comes in and demands your attention and demands you your dealing with it. So we want to talk a bit about um, a bit about that, about managing and wrangling uh, the inbox and also the dangers or concerns with get sort of getting sort of overly fixated with the inbox. So. We kind of just came up with the working title of, you know, are you are you being bullied by your email inbox? And if so, what can you do about that? Todd, any kind of initial thoughts to kick us off in terms of in terms of that theme? Yeah, I, I think uh, I, I like the word bullied, right? Because I, I do think a lot of people do feel bullied by their inbox. Um, and when we think about, you know, so obviously, you know, negative connotations and experience, you're not going to enjoy an experience where you feel like you're out of control, right? If you're being, if you're being bullied. So what does that really translate to? What, what exactly is happening if you're being bullied by your inbox? You know, maybe we should start by, by drilling into that. And I think some of the hallmarks of that would be that you have the sense well, first off, you, you have the sense that you don't, that you don't have control of the situation, right? That, 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 that the, either the volume of things coming into your inbox or the, the nature of them, maybe, you know, you just get a sense that you are, that you're out of control, right? There's, there's not a lot you can do so that the control lives with your inbox. You're a, you know, you're a, you're, you're being bullied by, you're a slave in a sense, maybe to your inbox is another, maybe even more dramatic way to put it. Um, so, so control would be lacking. I think the other thing that would be true um, for a lot of people, and this is a little bit more subtle, I think, but is this idea that the inbox, you know, if you think about what most people do with their inboxes, right? So what, what, what kind of interaction do they have with their inboxes? They are, the, the inbox is absolutely a place where new things arrive, right? And I, and I, you know, read those things and make decisions about them ideally. But for an awful lot of people, the inbox then is not only a place where new things arrive, it's also a place where they, they leave, as it were, an inventory of their work. You know, when I, when I talk to people that are getting ready to get coached or, you know, go to seminars, or whatever, 
quite often they'll say, yeah, my email inbox is my, uh, is my task list in essence. That's, that's how I decide what to do as I look through my email inbox. Um, I think I've told this story a few times before in our podcast, but I, I once did a seminar many years ago with somebody who worked for a, a big social media uh, company. And I asked him what he did at this social media company. And he said, I do email. That's what I do all day long, every day. That's what I do. And somebody like that is probably feeling like he is, again, a bit bullied by his inbox. So as I say, you know, um, lack of control. And then this whole idea of, um, we would say in GKD, unclean edges, right? My, my inbox all of a sudden is not just where new things arrive, but it's also where things sit until I deal with them, right? Um, and adding all of that together, it's, it's maybe not surprising that people feel a bit overwhelmed, right, by what's going on in their inbox. I don't know. Does that, uh, any of that resonate with you? Absolutely. Yeah. I just, I just see that a lot. And, you know, there is a better way. So the, the methodology, the approach we've found involves really, you know, getting clear about what's in there that needs to be dealt with versus not. And getting it stated in better ways, ways that you can actually work from rather than constantly rethinking what's there in the inbox. And so the joke, you know, I sometimes make is we, we give you years back of your life in scrolling alone, right? Just the act of scrolling through all of these different disparate uh, subject lines, many of which have vague bearing on the actual actionable um, item, that, you know, actual task that you need to take on as a result of that subject line showing up in your world. And I really like the metaphor of um, bullying because I think, um, I just love that there's an increased awareness of it, at least here in the UK, in schools. There are a lot of initiatives saying, look, bullying isn't, isn't okay. We really, we really want to stop that. Uh, in my day and age, it was just par, kind of par for the course. It was, it was a inherent part in some ways I think of 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 growing up and one of the things you realize that is that as a result of that you can kind of internalize some of that you can kind of self-bully in a way after that point in time um, as a result of kind of the the external circumstances and so um, I think that's an interesting point too because what I see a lot of people doing before they discover that there is a better way um is in a way, you know, not not treating their own selves and mind, and particularly their future self, very kindly, because they're constantly rehashing and rethinking and flagging and unflagging and scrolling um, and multitasking, as it were, with lots of different unclarified inputs, lots of different subject lines, sort of competing for their energy and attention. And so, to me, you know, the the way out of that is to um, to respect your future self, to be kind to your future self, to stop the cycle of abuse, as it were, right? Um, you know, by by finding a better a better way. And so, a lot of a lot of people don't even believe or buy. Have they been in this so long that it's possible that you know that that inbox zero is a fairy tale to them? This this idea that you can, in fact, um, you know, get not get through the work of all this stuff, but get through. Uh, the clarification of what's in that that input stream um, in a way that means you don't have to work from the inbox. So what do, what do you reckon, Todd? If, if again, we're kind of thinking in terms of, you know, people that are maybe newer to this this notion that it's possible that there is a better way that you can, you can stop the cycle, that you can be kinder to yourself than um, 
than just forcing yourself to, to trudge through the inbox more and longer and harder. Um, what are some of the entry points? What are some of the ways in which you can start to get out of the, of the, the trap of, of inbox fixation? Yeah, I, I think uh, a, an interesting starting point for a lot of people that will be compelling will be just understanding how what you're doing now is, uh, is well, I was going to say suboptimal, which sounds awfully grand, but it's, it's not much fun. It's not very efficient. It's not very effective. Let's just look that in the eye and be clear about the way that a lot of people are managing their inboxes at the moment, right? Let's, let's be clear about what the limitations are. And then we've been talking and you've been talking quite a lot about that, um, you know, t- today. So I think that's one thing to be, to be clear about, you know, what, what's, why is it a problem, right? To deal with email the way that most of the people on the planet are dealing with email. And then once you've made that, you know, once you've sort of gotten clear on that, I, I think a couple of entry points. So, uh, so one thing is, um, you know, again, we haven't really gone into the detail of what we talk about when we talk about clarifying things, but in essence, making decisions about each email, right? So what is this? What's the nature of this thing? Have I, have I read it through? Have I understood it? Making determination. Is it actionable, right? Does that, and what that means is, do I need to do something to move this forward, right? And if it is actionable, then we have some suggestions about how to deal with that, including very powerfully identifying the next action, right? What's the very next physical visible thing I need to do to move this forward, right? In order to move this email forward, do I need to call someone? Do I need to reply to the email? Do I need to discuss it, you know, with the boss the next time they meet with, with her? What's, what's the, what's the next action, right? Um, and so going through, you know, and again, without going through all of the processing steps, I think for a lot of people understanding the, the processing steps, and again, the benefit of the processing thinking is that at the end of it, we've because we've gotten clear about the nature of the thing and what it means to us, we've decided, assuming it is something we need to do something about, exactly what the next action is. And if we've got a good organizational system, we've then put that reminder about what needs to be done next in the right place. And what I mean by in the right place is I want it in a place in my system where I will see it when it's helpful to see it. So if it's something I need to discuss with the boss, well, okay, in my system, do I have a place where I store things that I need to discuss with the boss the next time that I meet with her? So so at the end of the day, is that about being organized, right? Is that what I've just talked about? Is that the point? (laughs) Is the point the process? No, the point is, Having done all of that, right? I've I've figured out what it means to me. I've determined, you know, what's the reminder I want to see, and I've said this is where that reminder should go in my system. I've now finished the thinking about that thing, okay, and I've gotten it off my mind as a result. And there's another bonus, and that bonus is because I've decided the next action, I know and, and where it goes, right, in my system. I know that that thing will move forward in the most friction-free way possible. Right? So, so that's uh, you know maybe at a, at a high level an overview of, of an awful lot of what we talk about in in uh, in how to handle. It, I mean, it applies to email, but it applies really to anything that you've captured. Really making these kinds of decisions. Um, but as I say, the benefit of that is not just you're going to be better organized, whatever that means. The benefit of that is you're clear-headed. As a result of being less distressed, uh, less less distracted, rather, you're probably less stressed, and you have the confidence that it's going to be 
um, you're going to be getting that thing done in the most effective and efficient way. So, so that's um, if I'm going to put together a little bit of a sales pitch for what we recommend, uh, that would strike me as a good entry point. What's your what's your thinking about that? Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely right. And I think another kind of part of this to point out is that the in, the inbox is really a, a subset. A small subset, right? So it is a it is a place where everything hopefully shows up in in this one place. But this analogy of fixation, the word fixation, in fact, um, I think of instrument fixation, which is something that new pilots fall into as a trap, where they're basically looking at the horizon and the altitude and all the gauges and dials because there are so many gauges and dials and things to be keeping track of down here as you're flying that they forget to look out the cockpit window and up and get the actual situational awareness of where the real clouds and flocks of birds and other planes and everything else are that are not necessarily represented in this complex instrument panel. So um, the, the fixation part of that is that you are, you are looking at a, a subset rather than having the kind of the fuller picture. So I think it's worth pointing out, um, actually, you know, not not to steal your thunder, but you're you're someone who often has. Um, I've heard this story from you in the past that in seminars you've had people do a mind sweep around what are their key projects, for example, the key things that are moving around in their in their world, and then look at that in relation to their email inbox. And there's not it's not a one to one match. You know, not everything that's going on in their world has a crude representation with an, an email. Uh, subject line, you know, uh, showing up in the in the inbox as a line item. So that's a very very simple example. And you know, the guy who said I do email for for a living, you know, I mean, it's a funny quip, but I I wonder, does he ever go to a meeting or have a conversation with anyone ever? Because I know a, a huge amount gets generated out of meetings. And then people do this thing where you know they follow up from the meeting with an email because they want to at least put a crude placeholder in the one place people look, which is their inbox, about some of the stuff that happened in the meeting so that they have a fighting chance of it of it happening. But then you've got, you know, you've got your inbox, um, you've got your meeting notes, you've got potentially, if you're even doing it, externalized kind of notes and thoughts to self about what you might want or need to do. All of these things live in different formats, different physical places. Then you've got all the other, you know, streams, the info streams of Teams and Slacks and whatever, informal conversations, other forms of synchronous and asynchronous inputs beyond just whatever the the, the one kind of inbox is. Um, and suddenly you're just running around to a lot of different places to figure out what it is you need to do. So, you know, when you talk about identifying next actions, that's the, to me the kind of common denominator underneath all of these things. Some of this stuff that piles up in inbox isn't actionable at all. And the stuff that is, the next action is going to be the same, whether it showed up in a meeting note or in an email message or in a, a someone pinging you on Slack or, or anywhere else, right? So that you can represent it one time in a good way in a single place rather than having it represented poorly in lots of different places, either with potential duplication or even worse, omission, right? If you're just hyper-focused on this, on the good old, um, the good old inbox. So I'm cur curious what you, what you see when you do, you know, work, work with clients, how you do, um, you know, support them with the multiplicity of, of inputs and getting some of that bigger picture. Um, you know, you mentioned, again, I, I love that example of 
what's on your mind, what's in your inbox. Did you notice there's not a one-to-one -one correlation there? Um, is there are, are there more of those kinds of uh, experiences or client experiences that, that uh, again, would, would help people listening and understanding not only the, the importance of um, having something better than just an inbox to work out of, um, but how they might start to get there, even if they're not a GTD black belt. How, how do we how do we get people on on the road to one place with clear actions? Yeah, you know it's funny. I want to come back to a point. I'll, I'll talk. I'll come back to the multi inbox question because I do have some thoughts about that. But that I think would be helpful to share. But one other thing, I just want to come back to your your target. You didn't call it target fixation. You called it instrument fixation. But many many years ago now, I learned. I got I got my uh, my motorbike license here in the UK, right? And one of the things that that they talked about in the training that I went through was target fixation. And this is the this is what goes on in your head if you realize that you are at risk of hitting something. What our brains very illogically start to do is to focus on the one thing that you don't want to do, which is hit the thing. So in other words, your focus goes to the thing that you might hit. And so they talked about the importance of focusing <laughs> quite quite uh, quite reasonably on the thing that you want to do which is to avoid the the thing that you're about to hit so you you don't focus on the target or sorry the target that you choose is not the thing that you're just about to run into the target that you choose is you know the roadway that'll get you around it for example and i was thinking about that again in in terms of gtd and i think there is you know it's one of the other things that we talk about a lot is the importance of identifying um outcomes, desirable outcomes, as we say, what do you want done to look like, right? So don't fixate on the wrong things. And I was thinking about this in context of what you're talking about. I, as you were describing it, I, I almost had this image of, you know, you're, you're, you're in front of your inbox, right? And it's almost as though somebody is holding your head down and saying, okay, you need to stay focused on this. You can't do this. You can't look up and look around and get more perspective. Okay, you've got to stay focused. You've got to stay focused on what's on the screen. And I think there is an awful lot of value in keeping that in mind, right? The value of, I just had this experience this week where I realized, I think it was Monday or Tuesday, I realized I was just way too deep in my inbox. I had been spending too much time at the keyboard. I had been, you know, just way too much. And I just went downstairs, took some blank paper, and I just stood at a counter in the kitchen, right? And just, and just worked there for a while. And it was so freeing. Just, just getting out of the, quite frankly, getting out of the seat, getting away from the keyboard, getting away from the screen. I came up with some, you know, what turned out to be some really creative ideas about a problem that I was struggling with. Um, so all that to one side. I think um, the other thing I would say about multi-inbox is how do we get people to the point where they're making, um, you know, they're making better decisions about the, thing that the things that they've, that they've captured? I think uh, first thing is be clear about what a capture location is. What's a capture location, right? It's a place in your system where new things are arriving, that is things you haven't seen before, and they are intended for you, right? Addressed to you, just generally speaking. Now, they may be addressed to you if it's an email because you're in the CC line or you're in the two line. If you are, you know, if you're in Teams, Microsoft Teams, then it might just be because you're a member of a particular team, and that's why you're seeing a reminder, right? But, um, but it's intended for you. And I think getting clear about what your capture locations can are in your world and as we talk about a lot consolidating those as far as far as possible so so have as few capture locations as you can get away with i think that's really important um 
and then realize that the you know the things that are in those capture locations, which are not new, they're not things which are, you know, they might be things you haven't yet thought through, okay, but they are outside of the scope of capture now. And so, you know, you, what you need to do then is do a bit of clar clarifying, making some decisions about those things, and then put them where they need to go. So, um, so that's uh, that's a little bit of a riff on kind of how I think we get people to a better, better, you know, capture and clarifying hygiene uh, is first just be clear, clear about where your where your capture locations are, um, and then try to make sure that, as we say, your system has clean edges. That is, your capture locations are really just used for capturing, and they're not used for other kinds of reminding. Yeah, What's that's your such, a, such an important point. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree that you know working from the somewhat unclarified land of email is well as i saw you kind of hunkering in and doing the exercise a pain in the neck you know it, it literally um you know to, to kind of hunker down and um and it just makes me realize that there is kind of a different there's a kind of a different mode when you start to get into the gtd methodology a different relationship to the inbox one that's um, a little more, can be slightly more philosophical and detached. So I used to work um, and uh, had a colleague who was, a, who was a, a chiropractor in the UK. We'd call him, call him an osteopath. That's the nearest equivalent. And uh, he'd walk by my office and he'd see me <laughs> hunkered over, really straining, leaning in, straining into something, working hard. Like, you know, if I just got closer to the screen, maybe I'd do a better job. And he'd casually walk by and he'd say, don't fall in. <laughs> I was inches from diving into the matrix or the screen or whatever. Um, but there is, I think, a different uh, relationship to the inbox when you get that it's not the place you have to work from. It's not the place you have to lean into or even fall into. Um, because there is there is signal and there is noise in there, right? And when, you're, when you get into a mode where you're going, right, I'm, I'm looking for the signal. And then I'm just taking that signal and stating it in a good way that's going to work for me to be able to work from it. And then I'm moving that email along, and then I'm dealing with the next email. And I'm looking for the signal, and I'm mining out that bit of gold. And you're just kind of you know, panning for gold, if you like, uh, throughout the inbox, letting the, the silt go, go away. You know, rather than, again, this thing of constantly reopening that one message, and creating, it's almost like the more you open it up, the more you add a little bit of psychological angst to it sometimes, right? So that you just open and close and open and close and open and close this thing so many times. When what we say, what we teach is an approach where you really can open it once, somewhat dispassionately, just sort of scan it for what's actionable, think about that, put it in a good place. And you don't have to add so much energy and intensity, you know, that you that you that I see people so often uh, add to the inbox. It becomes a really loaded place. It becomes a place where you do feel bullied or, or a slave to, to the inbox. So just at a high level, I think if that sounds appealing, that more, um, you know, not detached in a, in a bad way that you don't care, but it, you know, more of a, a easy uh, mechanical process to, to getting through what's there, getting out what's yours and separating that from what's not yours, and then, then getting those nuggets of gold refined into a way that you can really work with them effectively, um, then then GTD may be, may be for you. It may be something worth considering, worth uh, looking into further, because that part alone, just of getting out 
from the inbox has given so many people relief and hope and this sense of like, wow, you know, I can, I can do my, I can do my job again and, and feel happy about it. You know, I, the, the, the chain, the invisible chain to my email inbox has been broken. Right. I recognize we're kind of coming, coming near, near to, to time. I'm, I'm curious, you know, part kind of parting thoughts on all of this, what you think maybe we should iterate, reiterate, or, or emphasize to folks who are, who are feeling bullied by their inbox, who are tuning into this for the simple reason that they're looking for, for some relief. Yeah, I think I'd say a couple of things about that. One is that given you know, what we've been talking about today is a different approach to handling email. It's, it's foreign for a lot of people. Um, and we've been talking a lot about you know, the benefits of working in those ways. I guess what I would add on top of all of that is that if you, if you feel like you're, you know, you've learned something about the methodology, about what we suggest, and you still have 12,000 emails in your inbox, right? Um, we have some suggestions about how you can deal with backlog and deal with that kind of volume, but that don't, don't treat yourself as though you have, uh, you know, that you failed and you need to give up, right? I think sometimes we run the risk of sort of, you know, give, giving across this idea that, well, if you've got more than 50 emails in your inbox, you're, you might as well just give up and, and go try something else. Um, I've told, I think, in the past, the story of my own journey in this, which was for about a year after I started to implement some of the basic principles of GTD, I had 12,000 emails in my inbox. That was just the reality. Um, so, so again, you know, we're, we're all on a journey with this material and don't get, you know, don't get, um, uh, don't get terribly frustrated if, if it feels like, you know, the problem is not solving itself immediately. But all that said, applying the kind of thinking that we're talking about to any subset of the emails in your inbox will help to clear your head, help you to be clear about what needs to happen next, help you to trust your priority choices better. There's lots to like, lots to like. And, and at the end of that process, you can get out of the business. And I love this. I've written it down, Robert. I loved your phrase, self-bullying. You can get out of the business of self-bullying. So that'd be my quick summary. What do you reckon? I think that's great. And such an important point to, to not use this information that there may be a better way to self-bully yourself right now, right? It, email happens and it just keeps happening. And if you're you're in a, a place where you feel really at the mercy of it right now, as you say, applying any amount of this thinking is going to start start to help you and hopefully start, you know, helping you to realize that email isn't the only place, that you that you do have commitments that sometimes are crudely represented by emails and sometimes represented by other things. And that as you start to get a hold of those and start to work from places where you can keep an inventory of those commitments more effectively, um, any amount of doing that, any amount of investment in that is bringing you further along in what we call the GTD methodology. But really, you could just call being being kind to your future self, being being the the advocate, being the one that stands up for you, um, and says, "Wait a minute, you know, just there's got to be a better a better way here." Um, Watch your watch your posture. Watch watch how you're how you're doing what you're doing. If you're starting to really uh, feel like you're grinding away, consider there may be a better approach. So as we're coming coming to time here, just a reminder that there is there is a better way, um, and um, we have we have the privilege here in the UK and Ireland of teaching the getting things done methodology. So if any of this was interesting to you, we regularly put out thoughts and information about how you can apply parts of the methodology, how it can 
uh, benefit you and support you. Uh, we have an ever-growing base of, of subscribers in the podcast down on, on YouTube. And if you found this useful and want to be one of those, click subscribe. Um, if you hit the little bell on YouTube, you'll also get notified when new ones of these come out. Our podcasts come out about once a month. You can also sign up for the newsletter at next-action.co.uk. Uh, and you'll get not only this podcast, but uh, other weekly videos and written written articles from, from our experts. For now, from me, from Todd, my hope uh, is that you can um, take a little bit of this information uh, at least as hope, if not as some, some practical support and encouragement to, to break the cycle of abuse between you and your inbox to make it a functional, healthy relationship as much as possible so that you can get more done with less stress. Until then, good luck. See you next time. Mm-hmm.